Hey, it's Luke at HIP, and if you've been listening to the Grow Ortho podcast maybe for weeks, months, or in some cases years, you know that we typically interview an industry expert, whether it be someone working in the office or a consultant uh, or just a strategic partner for orthodontist. Well, we're going to change things up just a bit. And this year we've actually released four books. And so we're going to release every audiobook, basically a chapter for each episode. Listen, enjoy, and let us know what you find valuable and implement and what works well in your office. Thanks so much for supporting HIP. And we hope you enjoy all these episodes on the Practice Growth Series. Chapter 8. Planning Your Next Steps with a Growth Mindset As you plan your next steps and implement everything we've learned, it's important to come full circle and revisit the reason that brought you here. A desire to grow your practice. Currently, the average orthodontic practice produces $1.2 million a year. Before rising inflation costs over the last two decades, 80% of orthodontists coming out of residency started their own practice, while the other 20% became associates. Today, those numbers are reversed. It has become increasingly difficult to be a business owner due to the rising cost of living. When you look at how much you spent on dental school and residency alone, $1.2 million in production doesn't leave you much to take home and pay off your debts. That's why I wanted to create this book series in the first place. I want to show new doctors who have taken on the challenge of opening a practice how to take the right steps from the beginning so they don't get on the hamster wheel. For experienced doctors whose practices may have plateaued a while ago, I want to show them the changes they must make to their current structure to break through, start growing again, and rekindle their passion. By just making over the national average of 1.2 million, you will be in the top 2 to 3% of all orthodontic practices. These people are doing things differently, things that most orthodontists never do. So, you can be a 3, 5, 10, or $20 million practice. It doesn't matter to me. It's about you and your goal and what you must do to rise above average. That can only happen when implementing a growth mindset. Deciding what you want. Deciding what you want comes down to these two questions. Do you want a lifestyle practice or a scalable practice? Are you in it for the money or the mission? After reading the last seven chapters, and if you had a chance to read them, Front Desk Secrets and The Ultimate Treatment Coordinator, you may finally know how to answer those two questions. If you've felt uneasy about making these changes to your current practice and feel more comfortable working with a small team and making a decent living, you probably want to remain a lifestyle practice. That's not a bad thing. You want to fill your schedule, Put food on your table, pay your staff, and be an orthodontist and business owner. 90% of orthodontists run practices like this. If you feel this way, I hope you can still take some insights I've shared and apply them to your practice. You should still want a positive work culture, effective processes and systems, and happy staff members to provide the best services possible for your patients. This alone can do wonders for a smaller lifestyle practice. However, if reading these books has piqued your interest and left you hungry to learn more, you've probably already been thinking about what type of mission you need to be on to scale your practice and have a clear vision in place. Be honest about what you want and how long you think it will take you to get there. Growth looks different for everyone. If you have a goal to achieve an annual production of $5 million in one location in five years, maybe that means adopting the medium-sized org chart, hiring more specialized roles, 
and implementing efficient CRM and BI systems, like Practice Beacon, Engage, to support all your operational needs. If you're happy with that number and know it's enough, go for it and make it happen. But if you have a goal to achieve an annual production of $20 million, you'll need a more complex structure that involves more doctors and a longer time frame. More time, effort, resources, processes, staff, and planning will have to go into this to ensure you can fulfill your mission. A plan of this nature requires investment, so you must be okay with taking that money right off your bottom line to bring your vision to life. You have to hire a COO to integrate your vision, and you have to be okay with paying them a six-figure salary. It's just about deciding what will make you happy. You don't have to be that $20 million practice. It might sound appealing, for sure, but it's not worth it if the journey itself won't make you happy. We are working with a practice that has just reached the $5 million mark, and they're comfortable staying at that level. The CEO has an associate and two locations. He probably takes home around $1.5 million, spends a lot of time with his family, and takes many great vacations. He knows he and his team still have to be somewhat aggressive with the marketing and events he does in his community to maintain a great reputation. But he's throttling it to keep it around its current size. What matters is you take the appropriate steps to let change happen so that you and your staff can be satisfied. Making the Proper Investments a few months ago, I spoke with an orthodontist interested in learning more about HIP's services. He's been in practice for over 25 years and has a small practice that brings in just over a million dollars. I could tell he was frustrated with the lack of growth his practice has experienced over the years and overall didn't seem happy. He wanted to make changes, but when I began to discuss the types of things he could do to grow, he complained about everything being too expensive. The conversation ended with him asking how he could shave off every penny possible to take more home at the end of the day. With this mindset, he'll never go anywhere. He will remain at this level of production for another 25 years. You need to spend money to make money. That's just how it works. Just ask Richard Branson or Elon Musk if they penny-pinched when they created Virgin or Tesla. I'll tell you one thing. You would have never heard about these billion-dollar companies if they did. A penny saved is a penny earned. While this is a good proverb to live by in everyday life, it doesn't serve you when trying to grow a business. You can save up a thousand pennies, but it will be worth nothing if you don't invest it. It should be invested in the things that bring you cash flow. When my company HIP does external digital marketing for a practice, they are marketing to a brand new audience who can become new patient consultations. If you hire more people to grow your team, you have more staff who can turn these new patients into starts. More starts mean more production. More production means more investment capital for growth. Ultimately, if you can create cash flow that outpaces the debt and interest on the debt, why wouldn't you do that? Don't be complacent or comfortable with where you are and avoid doing more because you're afraid of what it will cost you. This is a trap people get stuck in without ever realizing their potential. Don't think about what your org chart is costing you. The value in your patient experience far outweighs the cost of your org chart. If your people create the best experience for your patients, you will generate the cash flow on the back end. Spending your time fearing the additional costs means you and your team are doing more work, leaving all involved burnt out, frustrated, and resentful. Ultimately, it comes down to taking a risk and a giant leap of faith. But I promise, by the end of it, 
You'll be surprised when you realize you've exceeded what you thought was even possible. Laying out a plan. Everyone's plan will look different. Take Dr. Fishbein, for example. He knew he wanted to grow his practice, but it would take a lot of time and effort since he didn't have the cash right away. He knew he wanted to promote his then-treatment coordinator, Amanda, to a managerial position. But he did it in phases. He promised her that if the practice grew, she would keep getting bumps in her salary and job title changes. He laid a plan for her, and she bought into it and went along for the ride. I just told her, when we get to this phase, you'll get this money and this title. When you get to that phase, you'll get that amount and that title. I laid it all out for her from the start for her to see so she knew I was serious. And she held me accountable for it. Eventually, we made a plan for her to become the COO where she was running the show and I was seeing the patients. Dr. Fishbein luckily had Amanda from the start. She's been with him over the last decade. Brothers, that's not always the case. Since you're just starting your growth journey, I would advise you to find the right people. Be transparent about what growth looks like and get them to buy into your vision so they can feel confident in growing with you. You never know if one of them will eventually be COO material. If that's not the case, you'll have taken the necessary steps, set up the right systems, and made the investments that create the cash flow you need to hire a COO without sweating the six-figure salary. Creating the right culture. When I think about the average practices currently bringing in around 1.2 million or less, there's usually one thing they all have in common. A non-existent culture. I've stepped into a few of these practices where I've just been surrounded by white walls, a row of chairs, and a glass window separating reception from the rest of the room. Most of the time, you're greeted by Roz from Monsters, Inc., who's usually annoyed when she says, Can I help you? There's no, Hi, how are you? Nothing. It's bleak. If your office currently looks like this, I'm not trying to offend you. I'm just telling you the truth and hinting that you need to be making changes right now. Paint your walls, remove your glass barriers, and make your office a place for people to enjoy. Build a team that is fun, bubbly, hardworking, social, and driven. Get that Ross character away from the phones and front desk. Newsflash, she's an onboard terrorist. You have to create that positive, uplifting energy, and you have to think of all of the ways you can make that happen. To improve the culture in your practice, you can start by asking yourself simple questions like, what are my core values? Do my people share the same core values? How do I want people to feel when they enter my practice? How do I make sure my staff always have a positive attitude while they're working? Am I hiring people who want to provide the best patient experience? How can I make people feel more comfortable when they come to my practice? Does my office feel inviting? Am I doing things that make people motivated to work? Do I celebrate wins? or just penalize faults. By reflecting on these questions first, you'll be able to acknowledge areas that need improvement and take the right course of action to do so. For example, if you want your staff and patients to feel more comfortable and at ease, consider ditching the standard waiting room chairs and adding a few couches. If you want your office to be more inviting, try painting your walls a bright color and putting up a photo wall of your staff and patients. If you find yourself constantly dishing negative feedback, Celebrate them when they do something great. If you need your staff to work together better, there are countless team-building exercises you can try to improve morale, boost collaboration, 
and increase satisfaction in your team. And if you need help envisioning all of this, visit and speak with other practices for inspiration. This boost in your culture is only going to better your brand. Dr. Fishbein didn't just wake up one morning and magically know what to do to improve his practice. He knew he needed help to change his mindset, so he learned from the big dogs before him to help lay his foundation. When I first started, I had no idea. You have to unlearn everything you learned in school to get out of the orthodontist mindset and into the business mindset. That's hard to do when you're still trying to be a good orthodontist. I learned very quickly that I couldn't do both. I sucked at being a business owner, and I knew I needed help. So, when I was first trying to get things going, I would visit the biggest practices near me, literally anyone I could find who would let me visit and see what their mindset was and determine what they were doing that was successful. I learned from the big dogs at that time. Dr. Farina has a long list of core values that he showcases on the wall of his hallway for all to see as they pass by. He loves to get his team pumped and encourages them to have fun while working, and you can see each of their personalities shine when you walk in. They know the goal, and they are excited to meet that goal every day. It also helps that they have an awesome building to work in, far from the visuals of your standard medical facility. All these things combined create Dr. Farina's fantastic culture that he has worked so hard to achieve. At this point, it's paid off. With these changes, Dr. Farina has almost doubled his annual production in the two years since we started working with him. He and his team are well on their way to producing more. Want to learn more? You can learn more about Dr. Farina and how he sets his practice apart from the competition through his culture at hip.agency forward slash the scalable practice. Developing a growth mindset. Simply making these small changes will create drastic changes in your practice's culture. It all comes down to your vision and implementing the tactical elements to create it, like nailing your core values and DNA and having a growth mindset. You're going to want to develop those things. You can't just say, we're just here to put braces on teeth and expect to scale. You have to be in the right mindset to improve your culture to promote your brand. For this to happen, you have to have the right energy. Energy is contagious. When it comes from you first, it will transfer to everyone else in your practice. And soon enough, you'll all be operating with the same energy. Many of the practices I work with swear by the team huddle. They say it's the best way to start the workday with your team to get everyone pumped and excited to work. They do this every single morning before they start working. I recommend doing this with your own team. They might feel awkward about it initially, but I promise you, if you approach it with the right energy, they will buy in. You can start your huddle by asking your staff if they have a win they'd like to share with the team. It can be as simple as, I went to the beach yesterday on my day off. Or, Sally got her braces off and her smile was perfect. She cried and said, coming to our practice has changed her life. Just starting your morning huddle with a few wins will help everyone get into the right mindset for the remainder of the day. It's really that simple. As the CEO, you're responsible for deciding what your brand and culture look like, which must be reflected throughout your practice. You, along with your leadership team, have to keep your team on the right path so they are constantly maintaining your vision. You have a responsibility to protect that and ensure there aren't any onboard terrorists around to destroy it. So, what can you do to ensure you and your leadership team are putting in the effort to maintain positive energy to ignite your brand and culture? Let's get energized.
There are many activities you can do together with your leadership team, but one that I particularly like is creating a book club. You can take turns selecting a book about leadership and share one thing you've learned from that book during your team meetings. If you have a team Slack channel or Facebook group, you can drop a quote on the page whenever something inspires you. We do this with our team at HIP, ensuring prospective candidates know all about it in the hiring process. Why? Because it's not for everyone. Some people just want to work at a job to receive a paycheck. They don't like the team-building exercises or the motivational channel we live by because it makes them uncomfortable. And honestly, we've had people leave HIP for these exact reasons. Now we've learned to bring it up early in the interview process, as it lets us know if they're interested in joining that type of environment. This ensures that the culture at HIP is always maintained, protected, and respected by each member of my team. Another way to foster positive energy, and probably the most critical, is by investing in yourself. We get caught up in the trials and tribulations of life once in a while. It can be overwhelming to manage work life, family life, and social life, while also trying to have a bit of you time. Sometimes it's quite hard to put ourselves first. But here's what happens when you don't. You end up taking on more and more and more without taking the time to digest it all. And eventually, you'll just burn out. So focus on what makes you happy in your downtime. I implement my morning formula every single day, as that's what puts me in the right mind frame to start my day off right. Then, I'll listen to an audiobook on my way to work. Investing in one's self looks different for everyone. It could be going on vacation for a few days, planning a golf day with your friends, getting your hair and nails done at the salon, or working out every morning. You have to take the time and space to practice self-care, or else you will find your energy will dwindle more and more every passing day. And what's a morning formula, you ask? Visit hip.agency forward slash the scalable practice to learn about it. Dr. Despot and Janet Moser know the importance of self-care to maintain the proper mindset to be the CEO and COO of each of their practices. Dr. Despot says, You've got to take clarity breaks whenever you can, even if you leave the office and get lost in your thoughts when you have a few moments to spare. Sometimes it's necessary to walk away from something you're working on. Do something that will ease your mind and approach it later with a fresh set of eyes. Janet believes, I think it's important to ensure that you take care of yourself first above everything else. Once you do that, you're better able to show up for others and be the best version of yourself for them. My version of self-care used to be the gym, but that became difficult to continue after having my first baby. So now I've changed things up a bit, and I'm practicing self-care from home. I will often meditate and use my Peloton as much as I can. It's not always easy, but it's necessary. One final thing I will suggest is for you and your COO to read the new One Minute Manager. The whole premise of this book is to praise or correct action within one minute so people receive immediate feedback. Whether they make a mistake or do something amazing, you should be able to either correct or praise the action or behavior concisely. This is a great approach to take as your people will understand right then and there if they are operating out of the integrity of the culture of the practice. You can't have your COO waiting for quarterly reviews to give feedback or sweeping things under the rug when people are either not doing their part or being acknowledged for their hard work. The new One Minute Manager is an audiobook you can listen to in under an hour. Visit hip.agency forward slash the scalable practice to purchase and give it a listen. And eventually send it to your future COO.
I promise it will change how you think about your management style, enabling you to provide effective feedback to your team. Planning your next steps. If reading this has been like drinking from a fire hose and you're struggling with where to start, don't worry. Let's go over the steps you can take right now to get this process started. Step one, download the orthodontic practice operating system. This is where it all begins. Download the template. Take a few days to think about each of the questions. Book a meeting with your team and discuss your goals for the practice. Go over each question and have a thoughtful discussion about everyone's feelings towards it. You'll know right then and there who is on board and who will probably not stay with you for this journey. Take the time to fill out the questions in a concise, clear manner and ensure that everyone agrees with each answer. In case you didn't download it earlier, now is the time to get serious and download it now. You can find it at hip.agency forward slash the scalable practice. Step two, contact Wiseman Strategies. Wiseman Strategies is the first company you'll want to get in touch with as they'll help you plan out your org chart and find the right people to fill the right seats. Specifically, they will determine the different kinds of roles you'll need, discuss the vision for each of the roles, outline the compensation packages, and provide you with qualified candidates. You'll especially want to reach out to them to help you find your COO because, as I've reiterated countless times, you should not be running the operations of your practice any longer by yourself. What if I want to promote one of my staff members to the COO role, you might ask? If you have a rock star employee who you think might fit the COO criteria, definitely consider that. Your employees work hard and they deserve growth opportunities. Fishbein and Allsmiles saw the potential in Amanda and Janet, both working in the COO role. If you'd like to go this route, Wiseman Strategies can provide you with a predictive index, PI, behavioral assessment that your employee can take to see if it aligns with the attributes of a COO and the responsibilities the role entails. I've worked with Wiseman Strategies for a couple of years now, and I would not have the team I have today without their expertise and support. Give them a call. You can find their details and contact information at hip.agency forward slash the scalable practice. But before you do, listen to the full interview with the team at Wiseman Strategies. Step three, contact HIP. Once you've hired your new team members and expanded your departments, you'll want to make sure your team gets the proper training so they're fully able to provide the best patient care and utilize your systems. Then, you'll want to increase your internal and external marketing so your brand can shine to a new audience on various channels. This is where my team and I at HIP can help. We offer asynchronous and synchronous online training modules for your entire team, an all-in-one CRM system, practice beacon, to help track your leads and manage your schedule a complete website revamp, and digital marketing via all social media channels. We have helped hundreds of orthodontic practices build bigger practices and powerful brands to turn prospective patients into profits. If you want to learn more about who we are, what we offer, and how to get in contact, visit www.hip.agency. Final note. Writing this book has been the culmination of my life's work and purpose. What I've shared in these pages has come through my experience and values of personal growth, lifelong learning, taking action, and serving others. While the first two books in the Orthodontic Practice Growth series are essential to cultivation and acquisition, this book is the foundation for an orthodontic business. 
It's what you can use to overcome your growing pains, and it's the basis that all thriving practices use to build their success. Throughout the whole journey, the key to success is mindset. The common denominator among all the top 1% orthodontic practices is the growth mindset. People with a growth mindset will always find a way to do great things regardless of their conditions. This has long been a passion of mine, and it is the subject of the last book in this series. Stay tuned for its release at the end of 2022. It has been my privilege to serve in this profession for the past eight years. I have learned so much from the amazing doctors I have met. I look forward to serving you for years to come. Best, Luke Infinger.